we'll sing a chorus and then we'll sing one out of the hymn, hymn the song. What a lovely, lovely name, the name Oh, what a lovely love. 
you have a songbook next to you, go to page 255. One day that's going to be a reality. Hallelujah. Praise God. Think about that. Always think about that. Praise God. One day. One day we're going to be home. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let me try to find... <clears throat>
more of course. Thank you, Lord. Feel this in my spirit. I just want to. For He is Lord. He is Lord. And He has risen from the dead and he is Lord oh every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ Hallelujah. 
Thank you, Jesus. Glory to his name. It's amazing just to, to be able to uh, uh, get into the, the word of the Lord and, and uh, when God shows you something and quickens something to your understanding, your mind. It's amazing when you can see it. And of course, you know, uh, it just seems like he always bears witness. He always bears witness in his word. And uh, I think about how when he does that, it just, you know, we, we, uh, we don't realize as far as when it, God's word is fulfilled and when it happens of course when it bears witness when it bears witness to his word and uh, we receive the, the understanding the revelation it's, it's amazing it just always thrills me always thrills me the way he does that so that kind of gives me you know it excites me it, it makes me you know just he puts a how can I say it? Uh, it's almost like being uh, energized with a bolt of lightning. Mm -hmm. And then once you feel that and you see that and you know how, how real he is and what he does. Uh, I don't mean to deviate from what we're uh, studying. I'm, I'm still on track. I'm going to stay on track. But... Uh, as far as uh, the tabernacle of David and uh, so we're gonna we're gonna continue with that and I think I left off I think I left off if you have been taking notes uh, with as far as uh, David and what happened there as far as them <coughs> Uh, bringing the Ark of the Covenant back to uh, Jerusalem after so many years in Philistine captivity and what happened there as far as what, how the Lord allowed all that to happen and everything that you know as far as what David was doing in obedience to uh, the Lord uh, what God was revealing to him through the Spirit. Uh, uh, we talked about that last week about David having the anointing of a prophet. Mm -hmm. Having the anointing of a prophet. Of course, he, he was a prophet. If any of you ever read uh, in the book of Psalms uh, 22, it's amazing. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, it's amazing that... Um, when you read in the book of Psalms 22, you, you, you kind of, everything as far as what happened on the day of the Lord's crucifixion, uh, David obviously spoke it uh, so many hundreds of years before it actually even happened. But it being fulfilled right there, right there on the day of, his, uh, of the Lord's crucifixion, everything was bought out. 
basically word for word and everything that transpired that day. Mm-hmm. Word for word. So that's amazing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So when you read that, you can compare it. If you read Psalms 22, you can read Psalms 22 with what happened at his crucifixion. You can read in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke are the ones that just basically record everything that was said and done the day of his crucifixion. You'll, you'll see it. You'll see it as far as it, it was fulfilled. It came to pass. So that's what's amazing. Mm-hmm. That's what's amazing. How that God, through the spirit of prophecy... There's something interesting about that, and, and I don't, like I said, I don't mean to deviate from uh, what, we're, what we're studying about, but just to kind of give you an idea of how that spirit of prophecy, how it's amazing. Of course, did you realize that the testimony of, of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy? Mm-hmm. It's the spirit of prophecy. And, and we all have that testimony. Of course, we all are being filled with the Spirit of God. We all have that testimony, don't we? Mm-hmm. And God is able to, to move upon us. Here's the thing. If we have the spirit of prophecy, we will be able to know and understand the prophetic word. Mm-hmm. That's amazing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. We, can, we can come to that point where we can know and understand the prophetic word. I'll, say that, I'll give you an example. Uh, go with me to the book of... Uh, uh, Isaiah and uh, Isaiah 26 I'll give you an example um, uh, let's see let me make sure this is the right one. Oh yes okay Isaiah 26 and right around verse number 19, Isaiah 26, verse number 19, and look and see what the prophet Isaiah said under the inspiration of the Spirit of God. Look what he says. He says, Thy dead men shall live. Does everybody see that? Mm-hmm. Thy dead men shall live together with my dead body shall they arise. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Somebody's probably saying, wow, what's going on there? What does he mean by that? Okay, thy dead men shall live together with what? My dead body shall they arise. Awake and sing, ye that dwell in the dust, for thy dew is as the dew of herbs, and the earth shall cast out the dead. So you can you can pretty much try to get a little a little insight from that. Obviously, it's speaking about what? What did you say, sister? Resurrection. Resurrection. But, but look, look at the way he, he words it. He said, he said uh, Thy dead men shall live, together with my dead body shall they arise. They shall live, but together with my dead body they shall arise. So obviously, there's going to be a resurrection, but some people were going to be resurrected because of some, some person's dead body. Mm-hmm. Amen. Right. Amen. Huh? 
Amazing, isn't it? But but look over here now. Look over here. Uh, go to the to the book of uh, Matthew. We'll use this as a as a, something that we can take a look at this, and we can see this. And and uh, uh, Matthew chapter twenty seven, and and where is it now? Matthew chapter twenty seven, verse number fifty. Jesus. When he cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake, and the, and the rocks rent. Does everybody see that? And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose. And came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. So in other words, what Isaiah was saying under the inspiration of the Holy, holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, he's saying, Thy dead men shall live together with my dead body shall they arise. In other words, there was going to be a resurrection connected to, amen, this body resurrecting from the dead. So we see that at Jesus' death there, the Bible says this, and the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose. Wow. Amazing, isn't it? So, so when, you can, when you can tie those things together, it's just amazing how you know without a shadow of a doubt how, how clear and how true God's word is. So that's what makes me feel good about my faith and my understanding, my belief in the Lord and everything, everything about us as the people of God, even the church. It's just amazing how, here's the thing, when, we, when we're talking about the, the anointing, of course, uh, uh, I, I started out with that last week about uh, what it said about uh, uh, the anointing that was upon David. That anointing that was upon David was a type and shadow of the anointing that was going to be upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because David, David is, amen, basically, he's in the lineage of Jesus Christ. Jesus came out of his lineage. So he was, Jesus was David's greater son. So, so we see this. And, and he speaks about it, and of course we looked at that last week. When, when we looked at the, in the book of Psalms about his anointing, uh, that he would be anointed with oil, with the oil gladness above his fowls. He would have that anointing. Okay, so that anointing of the Spirit would be upon him. The anointing uh, of gladness above his fowls. That oil of gladness above his fowls. Now, now think about that. The oil of gladness above his fellows. In other words, she was going to have, uh, I've heard a lot of uh, people that have studied the word, uh, they, they refer to that as the double portion. The double portion. The double portion of anointing that David received as a result of him being anointed king when he was anointed king of Israel. Of course, I told you last week, 
when they anointed people, it's not like how we do it, little dab on the forehead. You know what they did? They actually took at least, uh, of course, it's, there's a little, uh, you know, speculation as far as like from two and a half quarts to three quarts of oil they poured on a person. That's what it would equal to today that they would pour on a person when they anointed him. That's a lot of oil in it. And there's a reason why. Why was he anointed in that fashion? Well, of course, everybody knows his name, Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. Somebody told me one time, when we talk about the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, Lord, Son, Jesus, Holy Ghost, Christ. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Lord Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. He was all those, you know, he came to fulfill all those, you know, how would you say, attributes or offices, mm -hmm. but yet one. But look what he had. He had that anointing. He had that anointing for a particular reason. Mm -hmm. He had that anointing. Amen. He was anointed with that. So he was anointed with the oil of gladness above his Okay, so it speaks of an anointed one, an anointed one, and of course, if you're anointed with 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 the oil of gladness, if you're anointed with the Spirit of God, you are obviously you're going to be uh, sanctified. You're going to be consecrated to whatever uh, area of ministry that God has given you. So we're all right now. We're all. If we have the Holy Ghost, we're sanctified. We're anointed. We're anointed with that Spirit. That's why certain things can, you know, we, we can experience certain things as a result of that anointing. Hallelujah. It's beautiful, isn't it? So when you, when you take a look at it in that, in that you know, with that, uh, in that aspect, it's, it's really really beautiful. So, when David was anointed king, he had three anointings on him. There are three types of anointing. Alright? And the three anointings of David foreshadowed the ministry of Jesus and the church. David was an anointed prophet. We looked at that. Uh, and, and, of course, we looked into the scripture about when people were anointed in a place where, where God wanted to use them as a as a prophet, when they were anointed in that particular office or in that, in that position, obviously those people that were anointed, what did they do? They prophesied. Mm -hmm. They prophesied. They spoke the word of the Lord. Okay? Okay, so we see that. Uh, and then many of David's psalms were prophetical and, and containing a lot of prophecy about events coming up ahead, even uh, messianic prophecies. Uh, and everything like that, okay? But here we see the other anointing that David had. David was anointed a king. He was anointed a king, so David as king foreshadowed Jesus Christ, the King of kings, and the Lord of lords. Uh, go, with me to, go with me to Psalms uh, chapter 2. I don't know, I can't remember if we looked at this or not last week. I didn't make a notation on it, but we'll go there anyway. 
Hallelujah. Psalms chapter 2, verses number 6 and 7, I think we might have. Uh, says, Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree the Lord has said unto me, Thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee. So, so one of the things that was obviously established by, by the will of God was David was anointed king. He was anointed king. And we see that as far as that, that is concerned. All right. So David was an, an, uh, an anointed king. Now, now, that goes back to what we were saying when we talk about the tabernacle of David. It was a little bit different than the tabernacle of Moses. Of course, we know what the tabernacle of Moses consisted of all the ceremonies and everything that was involved, the sacrifices, the ministry of it. But here we have the tabernacle of David that was basically set up and they brought the Ark of the Covenant back in. But here we see, we notice two things about it. When, when the Ark of the Covenant was brought back in in place, when in all this, in all this uh, uh, celebration, here we see David before the Ark, dressed in a linen ephod. Okay? Here is a king dressed in a linen ephod. Alright? A linen ephod, as we all know, is related to the ministry, to the priesthood. Mm -hmm. But here we see David wearing a linen ephod and, and bringing and ushering in the ark. And when they take that ark, they, they place it in the tabernacle that David erected. So obviously that tabernacle was not the tabernacle of Moses. It was called the tabernacle of David. So we see that that tabernacle symbolized or represented a man. Something that is very vital and important to us to understand. So here we see a combination. And as we see in the scripture, uh, when, when we speak about uh, uh, the priesthood, of course, uh, uh, go with me to the book of uh, 1 Peter. And, and let's read that in 1 Peter chapter 3. And just to kind of give you an idea and understanding of, of what the Apostle Peter is is saying here obviously obviously the apostles understood they understood uh, what was you know what the church represented what the ministry uh, represented and and uh, hold on here I kind of went beyond I went past first first uh, Peter chapter 3 hallelujah or maybe, uh, no, 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 Second Peter, excuse me. I'm in the wrong book again. Hallelujah. That's not right. That's not right. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Chapter 2. Excuse me. And verse number, uh, what in the world? 
First Peter, not Second Peter. Look what it says. Uh, <clears throat> he speaks here uh, in verse number four to coming to whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore also it is contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Okay? So you see there, and, and you go up to verse number 9, he says, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So we see here he's using that expression of a royal priesthood, a holy nation. That's that's who we rep that's who we are as far as uh what he was speaking about as far as the, the tabernacle of david in relationship to that that's who we are we're a royal priesthood a holy nation okay so we understand that we understand that now when when you when you look at as far as what what the scripture teaches you know about what he was saying here about us being part of the, the royal priesthood and, and a holy nation, it's a combination. Uh, of course, everybody knows here who were, who were the, what tribe, what tribe ministered in the tabernacle of Moses? Levites. Levites. Okay? So we understand that they were called to minister before the Lord as far as the Old Testament, the Old Covenant was concerned. But now the new covenant, we have a change of the priesthood. So it's not no longer going to be the Levitical tribe, but it's going to be another tribe. Does anybody know what that tribe is? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's that's a, that's a good answer. That's that's partly true. That's partly true. But what tribe is the Lord Jesus from? The tribe of Judah. So in other words, Judah is the royal tribe. Okay? So him being part of the royal tribe, that that makes Amen all of his children, all of his people. Of course, we're we're part of it because of the covenant. So that's why we are called a royal priesthood. A royal priesthood. So here we have a combination of kingship and ministry. Kingship and ministry. Does everybody understand that? Mm -hmm. So that's what that's what the, the tabernacle of David David basically represented or symbolized was here with these two, the kingship coming in, royalty, and then of course we're from the tribe of, of Judah, the priesthood is not from, from the tribe of Levi no more, it's from the tribe of Judas. Here we have this combination of a royal priesthood. Okay? 
it's it's pretty amazing when you take a look at this and when when you read this and and you see what the word of God uh, presents to us concerning this. So David was anointed a king, and David foreshadowed he foreshadowed Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, and the Lord of Lords. But here's the other thing: David was an anointed priest. David's anointing as a priest foreshadowed the order of... Does anybody know? His anointing foreshadowed the order of... Yeah, Jesus, yeah. His, 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 his anointing did uh, foreshadow the anointing of Jesus, but uh, let, me, let me reword that. Let me reword that. Uh, uh, when we take a look, and let's go to the book of Hebrews in chapter uh, 7. Let's take a look at, look at this, okay? So we, here we see a king. Let me, let me put it in this way, and, and let me use this terminology. Here we see a king priest. <laughs> Here we see a king priest. Melchizedek. The order of Melchizedek. Okay, so here we see verse number one in chapter seven. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being by interpretation king of righteousness. Pay attention to that. King of righteousness. And after that, also king of Salem, which is king of peace. So here we see two things. He's referred to as the king of righteousness. Hmm? And then he's referred to as the king of peace. So we see that. So look what it says about, look what it says concerning him. Without father, without mother. He's talking about Melchizedek. Without father, without mother, without descent. Having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like unto the Son of God, abideth a priest continually. So, so here, here we see that Jesus is following the order of Melchizedek, a king priest. A king priest. And here we see that. Of course, his, his name is King of Righteousness, King of Peace. Alright, so we see that. But if you go down, if you go down a little further in this chapter, in verse number 11, it says, If therefore perfection were by the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law, what further need was there that another priest should arise after the order? He's talking about the, the Levites. The tribe of Levi. So, so uh, 
the order a priesthood rise after the order of Melchizedek and not be called after the order of Aaron. For the priesthood being changed, there is made of necessity a change also of the law. Does everybody see that? For he of whom those things are spoken of pertaineth to another tribe, which of which no man gave attendance at the altar. For it is evident that our Lord sprang out of Judah, of which tribe Moses spake nothing concerning priesthood. And it is yet far more evident that after the similitude of Melchizedek, there ariseth another priest, who is made not after the law of a carnal commandment, but look at this, after the power of an endless life. Wow. So here we have a priest who basically uh, who was who made a priest not after a corner commandment but after the power of an endless life. For he testifieth thou, thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. So here we see that. So that's that's the whole the reason of the convergence of here. Here we go again. Because I, I want you to understand kingship, priesthood, kingship, priesthood. Remember that because that's the anointing. That's the anointing that he had. Kingship, priesthood. So. It's beautiful when we look at that in, in that respect. So, uh, so Melchizedek, he was under the order of, of Melchizedek as king priest. And so that was the whole reason why, uh, as we see David ushering the, the Ark of the Covenant back in. And, and go with me to uh, 2 Samuel. Chapter 6. Let me, let me see here. Second Samuel, chapter 6. Back in the Old Testament. Hallelujah. And verse number 14. I don't know if we looked at this last week. I think we did. Okay, I think we did. In verse number 14 in Second Samuel, chapter 6. And David danced before the Lord with all his might. And David was girded with a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. And as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michael, uh, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. And, and then... You read there in, of course, uh, we read, yeah, we did read that scripture. We read that scripture in First uh, uh, Chronicles fifteen twenty seven. Do you have that written down? I think we read that scripture there. Uh, numbers. Now that to me that doesn't make sense. Number six. Let's go there. 
I just need to see why I have this written down. I don't know why I have it written down. Number six, and hope that's the right chapter. Doesn't seem like the right verses to me. <laughs> but we'll see anyway. Okay, no, that doesn't that doesn't make sense to me. Numbers 11. I might have just, uh, and, and what in particular? 11.24. That might be it. Okay, yeah, we did look at that scripture. Yeah, we did. That's right, because that was a wrong, that was a misquote there. I remembered, okay, but we looked at that example as far as them uh, having the spirit of prophecy when, when, uh, amen, that they uh, were appointed, okay? So, so here's the thing. Uh, so we understand, we understand that, of course, those, those anointings were, were, you know, upon David, the anointing of a prophet, and the anointing of a king. And so we, as far as uh, the kingly, kingly uh, anointing, or priest, uh, yeah, kingly anointing. Uh, let's go to Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1, verse number 6. Revelation chapter 1, verse number 6. Hallelujah. I should have noted my notes. Revelation chapter 1, verse number 6. We'll, we'll back up to verse number 5. And from Jesus Christ, who is a faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And hath made us to be kings and priests, Unto him. Unto God. And his father. So we see that. We see that where. Uh, amen. Uh, Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3. Verse number 7. Uh, look, what it, look what it says here. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia. Write these things saith he. That is holy. He that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth, and no man shutteth, and shutteth, and no man openeth. Do you see that? He has the key of David. Alright? So you see that. Now, what does that, what does that particular scripture verse 
remind you of? What does it remind you of when you read when you read that? He said that we have a key and no man, no man, he that openeth and no man shutteth and shutteth and no man openeth. So we have a key. So if we open something, he said, no man will be able to shut it. And if we shut something, no man will be able to open it. But we have that key, that key of David. So what does that what does that make you think of when you think about when you when you read that particular scripture verse talking about the key of David? Does anybody in here have an idea what that what that is? The Holy Ghost. Yeah. Yes. Those are those are all pretty much uh, the the right answer. But remember what what Jesus was asking his disciples: Who do men say that I am? That I, the Son of Man, am. That was a question that he, he gave to his disciples. And of course they came up with their, with their answers. Whom do men say that I am? Jesus. And, and, and what, was, what, was Simon, what was Simon's uh, answer to him? Thou art the what? Christ. The Christ. The Son of the Living God, Thou art the Christ. In other words, He is the Anointed One. He is the Anointed One. So obviously, Peter understood that he had that anointing. And so he says this. He says, "Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto to thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church." And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. The keys of the kingdom of heaven. So we have the keys. We have the keys. We have the very authority and power to open up and to shut. Huh? So that's, that's all a part of of us, you know, being in that ministry, which, of course, Jesus is the one, you know, that is, you know, our king and our priest. But guess what? He has that, that anointing. He has that authority. He has that power. Think about that now. He has that being king and priest. So as a result of him having that being king and priest, guess who that authority and that power is passed on to us, the church. So, so it kind of gives you, it, it kind of opens up your understanding as far as you know why why he he uh, basically uh, foreshadowed the tabernacle of David as as the church. Uh, go with me to Isaiah twenty two. Uh, oh man, go with me to Isaiah 22. And we'll be looking at verse number 22. 22. Okay, here's, here's more scripture. Here's more backup. I love this. And it says in verse 22, And the key of the house of David will I lay upon his shoulder, so he shall open and none shall shut. And he shall shall shut, and none shall open. So here we are. 
here we are, we, we, we see this, that, that, and this all has to do, this, this portion of this anointing has to do with the, the anointing of a king. Hallelujah. That's beautiful, isn't it? Now, 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 to me, when, when you take a look at it in this respect, when you take a look at it with this understanding, with this insight, uh, when you read it, uh, look here in Psalms 110. Psalms 110. And verses 1 through 3 in Psalms 110. And, and look what the Lord says here. Uh, the Lord said unto my Lord. Now, now here, here's the thing. If you, if you look at that scripture verse, you, know, you notice the difference between the two words, the Lord. The Lord, that first, the first one, the Lord, is all in capital letters. Huh? Uppercase letters. The Lord said unto my Lord, okay, the second Lord's lowercase letters. Sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. So the Lord said unto my Lord. Here's David speaking by the Spirit of God. The Lord, when it's in uppercase letters, the Lord speaking about the eternal Spirit. Amen. Huh? Said unto my Lord, small lowercase letters. You know what? The humanity of Jesus Christ. The Lord said unto my Lord, what? Sit thou at my, what? Right hand. Sit thou at my right hand. In other words, that is a Hebraic expression denoting the power of God. Sit thou at my right hand. And what did he say? Until I make thine enemies thy footstool. Until I make thine enemies thy footstool. In other words, here, here he has, because he's sitting on his right hand, he has power. He has authority. Sit thou on my right hand. Of course, Jesus said that when he resurrected from the dead and he came back to his disciples. And when he, before he presented to them the Great Commission, what did he tell them? He said, he said that I have all power in heaven and in earth. All power has been given unto me. So here we see that authority and power has been given unto me. Then he turns around and he says, Go ye therefore. Ooh. So, so we see that. Okay. So he says in verse number 2, The Lord shall send the rod of thy strength out of Zion. Okay. Now, now, here's two beautiful things about this particular scripture verse. He says, the Lord shall send the rod of thy strength out of Zion. I want you to understand something. The tabernacle of David was, of course, in the city of David. But uh, if you want to be specific about it, it was sitting on Mount Zion. So the tabernacle of David was situated on Mount Zion. So he says, the Lord shall send the rod of thy strength out of Zion. So we know that it was... And as we know, Zion means uh, uh, the capital or that which is on the highest plane of government. 
Woo! So that's Zion, okay? So who, who prophetically is referred to as Zion? The church. Why? Because we, we are the highest form of government. Huh? We're the capital. Hallelujah. That's who we are in the spiritual, okay? And so we see that. The Lord shall send the rod of thy strength out of Zion. Rule thou in the midst of thine enemies. Now here's the part that we need to comprehend. Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power. <coughs> thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power. In the beauties of holiness from the womb of the morning, thou hast the dew of thy youth. Of course, he goes on. The Lord has sworn and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Wow. So this all has some significance. It all has, you know, pertaining to not just his priesthood, his kingship, his, his priesthood, his ministry, but even to us. Because guess what? We're his children. We're his children. So that is, that is the kingly anointing. That is the kingly anointing. That's what we have. So that's why when I read passages like in the book of Ephesians, in chapter 2, where the Apostle Paul is speaking to the church at Ephesus, and he says that we should be raised up together with Christ to sit in those heavenly places. What's he referring to? He's referring to that, uh, that place of authority. And, and power raised up together to sit with Christ. So that's what basically what we have. Think about the priestly anointing. Uh, it was the, the anointing we have, we were given, and as a result of the anointing, we have a ministry of reconciliation. We have a ministry of reconciliation. We have the ministry of intercession and prayer and of course praise and worship unto God. So we see that we've been called to that place and, and we read the scripture there where uh, uh, we have time for just one scripture and we'll stop there for tonight and I'll make sure I'll make a note there where we stop but in the book of Hebrews let's go to the book of Hebrews and in chapter uh, <coughs> chapter 2 whoops, whoops that's why this is so beautiful Verse number 9 in chapter 2, but we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he by the grace of God should taste death for every man. For it became him, 
for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons unto glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one, for which cause he's not ashamed to call them brethren, saying, I will declare thy name unto thy my brethren. In the midst of the church will I sing praise unto thee. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I and the children whom God hath given me. So we see that. We are his children. We are his children. And praise God. You go down, you go down into chapter 3, and we'll, we'll end with this in chapter 3 and verse number 1. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all his house. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as, as he who hath built the house hath more honor than the house. For every house is built by some man, but he that built all things is, uh, is God. And Moses verily was faithful in all his house as a servant, for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after, but Christ as a son over his own house, whose house are we, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. So that's what, that's what we have. That's what we have as far as our priestly anointing. We'll stop there this evening and... Amen. Well, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So there's uh, some more of these down here. If any of you didn't get any, and I'll just go ahead and leave the folder here in case anybody else needs any. But, uh, hallelujah. Lord willing, plan on making it out to Whiteford this weekend, but even there, there again, <laughs> I was told they have snow, start snowing out there today. <laughs> and uh, so we'll see how the weather is, but pray for the White River group and pray for the things out there. So, uh, amen. But thank everybody for coming. God bless you and we'll see everybody.